Since everyone has a gender journey, Gender Journeys is a podcast for everyone. That being said, we occasionally touch on mature themes and use strong language, so listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Gender Journeys, the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context. I am one of your hosts, Josie, and I am joined by your other host, my lovely fiance, Elle. Hey, y'all. So today we're going to be talking just about the basic framework that we use to discuss gender. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is a framework that I got from an organization called Gender Spectrum, very helpfully named. They have an incredible website. It's called genderspectrum.org. If you want any more information about what we're talking about or just generally a lot of great information for understanding gender expansive identities, exploring your own identities, or supporting people around you who might be gender expansive, definitely go check out genderspectrum.org. Yeah, they are a very, very cool website. I've lost the ability to say gender because I said gender too many times in that sentence, but it's okay. So <laughs> It's going to be a running problem, I'm sure, with this podcast. Oh boy, <laughs> you know how I hate using words to say a thing. Oh, whatever. So I can kick us off by just kind of running through mm-hmm. the framework that Gender Spectrum offers, and then we can kind of place ourselves on that framework so that y'all can kind of see how the framework works in practice. Mm-hmm. So... This framework that Gender Spectrum gives for a person's gender is on three axes. So your gender is where you fall on three different axes or three different spectrums. The first axis is sex. So this is your biological gender. So either female or male at either end. And then in between on that axis are going to be all of the various intersex identities that exist. I actually, have a, I actually have a quick question about that. How does that scale sort of work for trans folks who have medically transitioned? Does that affect your placement on that scale? I would say so. So okay. if you've changed your biology, because it's called the sex scale, but I think it could also be called the biological scale. And if you've changed your biology, I think you can start moving back and forth on that. Mm-hmm. Though a lot of the ways that we think about trans folk changing their biologies definitely have a lot to do with expression as well. Mm. So, as with everything with gender, probably has a little bit to do with just the person's personal preference. That makes sense. So then, as I alluded to, the next spectrum or axis is expression. So on either end of the expression axis are feminine and masculine. Mm -hmm. So this has to do with if you've had, like, certain surgeries or certain medical transition um, practices, medical Mm -hmm. transition steps um, that will change how you express to people. It'll change how people perceive you. That would move you on this axis. Also, based on the way that you dress, based on the way that you hold yourself, based on the way that you speak, all of that falls into this expression axis. The expression axis, the way that I kind of see it, is it's the way that society um, interprets what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So like, if you're wearing a dress and you live in the U.S., that's going to put you on the more femme side of expression. Now, I would personally love to live in a world where dresses are not gendered and it doesn't lovely. matter. That would just be so lovely. <laughs> but the expression axis does have a lot to do with 
what society sees your outward appearance as being in terms of gender. And our final axis is kind of the opposite. So the final axis is the identity axis. Mm -hmm. So on either end of this are woman and man. And this is what you feel in your heart and soul. So if you are a beautiful, beautiful person who wants to wear dresses every day and wants to wear pink, but in your heart and soul, you're a guy. Cool. So your expression axis might be towards feminine because that's what society sees. But that doesn't change what's inside of your heart and soul. It doesn't change your identity. So on your identity axis, you'd still be on the man side. And I think that not only does this give a good framework of being able to separate out a couple of the pieces of gender, I think it gives a good beginning vocabulary. Because if you noticed, like female and male are not interchangeable in this framework from woman and man. Female and male refer to the biology. Woman and man refer to the identity. Mm -hmm. Similar with feminine and masculine. Those refer to the expression. So you can actually refer to somebody's, for instance, expression without necessarily, like I can say, you look very feminine today without saying that I see you as a woman Mm -hmm. using this framework. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that's very important. And also just to make it clear, because I think, I think we said it, I think you said it when you mentioned the biological one, specifically for intersex, but also these are not light switches. Like the the Mm -hmm. space exists in the middle for these spectrums, um, which would be where a lot of non-binary folk might put themselves or might not, depending on. Yeah. And spoiler alert for when I put, so we're going to have Josie put herself on these spectrums for you first, because she's her, her, she falls a little bit more neatly into this, but spoiler alert for when I do it, you can also be off of the axes if you are, for instance, identifying as agender, because agender doesn't fall on a spectrum between woman and man. It is inherently not on that spectrum. So you can put your like little X that you would mark your axis with just off the page. You can be like, I'm actually not even on this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there aren't any rules, I guess is the point. It's just a good, it's a good framework to begin thinking about. So I guess if we want to get kind of dive into putting things onto the axes. Um, You're not a thing. You're a whole person. Putting myself <laughs> on the axes. Kind of, I guess, going in the order that you mentioned them, starting with sex. Uh, I think... See, it's all more complicated than yeah, you ever want to be you really, from the beginning. It's, it's just... like, it's like, it's like, so, okay. <laughs> so like, this I is would... going to be easy, and then it's not. So I am uh, AMAB. I was assigned male at birth. Uh, as I mentioned, I am a non-op binary trans woman. So what that kind of, did I mention that? You have now. I have now mentioned it. <laughs> I meant to mention it in the intro. If I didn't, I am a non-op binary trans woman, which has a lot of different uh, impacts on this first biological scale, honestly. So... I was assigned male at birth, and I have not had any surgery yet, and don't intend to have very many surgeries at all, especially bottom surgery, which would probably mean that my biological sex marker would skew pretty heavily towards male. I would think that because I've been through quite a bit of hormone replacement therapy, that that might kind of tug it a little bit away. I have some more feminine or female, Mm -hmm. female so practicing with the scale, yeah. Uh, female biological responses to certain things, but overall my body is relatively male. And that can just even, I think the fact that you have estrogen coursing through your veins, probably in more quantities than I do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> would push you at least somewhat towards the female side. Yeah. yeah. But definitely still skewed towards the male side. Right, 
that is yeah where the non-op kind of comes in uh so the next one that we kind of mentioned there was the expression scale and for me this one is pretty much just <laughs> fab i I think that there are some qualifications to that. It's not like, it's not if you go, if it's like a scale of 1 to 10 and Femme is 10, I'm not a perfect 10. Oh, I uh, You are a perfect 10. <laughs> Thank you. I like that we made the same joke, but you sounded cute when you said it and I sounded vain. Um, well, but that's because that's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I really love I mean, in terms of expression, I try very, I do try very hard in my daily life to quote unquote pass or blend as a woman. I don't really like being perceived as not a woman by passersby. And so I do put in some amount of effort to being perceived as a woman. Um, But at the same time, that's not a constant everyday thing. I don't, you know, bring every aspect of femininity to every part of my expression I mean in some ways my non-opness plays into expression because it does provide some um special Josie doesn't want to talk about the fact that she likes her penis and that means uh, vaguely pushing her towards the mask side of the expression yes okay I do I do just a little bit I do like my penis he's he's our friend oh yeah we call him penis friend Welcome to our household. <laughs> I'm so glad you all are here hearing about my genitals and what we call him. And also, we gender my genitals as he, so I guess that just kind of puts me... It's the only he in the household. The only he in the household. <laughs> we can cut that. Anyway, go on. Um, but yeah, so I really enjoy, you know, very flowy, femmy, floral kind of clothing. I occasionally enjoy doing makeup. Not very often anymore with the quarantine, because what's the point, but... Um, and so for the most part, I would definitely class myself as I am femme. I like to look femme and be feminine most of the time, but that's not always one-to-one. Sometimes it's not quite as loudly performative, and there are aspects of my identity, such as the penis that I have and occasionally enjoy the adherence of, that make me not 100% feminine mm-hmm. on that particular scale. Yeah. And being in a household with an actively non-binary person, we kind of lean into and pay attention to the non-binary aspects more so than yeah you necessarily would in other cases in, uh, in other situations I yeah think. and i think in the context of this podcast as we are trying to create this sort of space for non-binary folk to kind of for non-binary folk to talk about being non-binary in the journey of discovering non-binary mm-hmm. identities and also a space to kind of name that gender is not two boxes right. and so it's not binary <laughs> even if you identify as binary like i do that doesn't mean that you are that doesn't mean that gender itself is binary right. and that doesn't mean that your gender itself is inherently going to fit into the outdated binary right. you know portrayal of the gender that you hold right so we got a little bit lost <clears throat> but josie has so far said that for sex she's towards the male end of the spectrum but a couple of hormone replacements has bumped her towards the feminine. For expression, she's towards feminine, but a couple of genital-related enjoyments has bumped her towards masculine, potentially. Yeah. And we skimmed over identity, but for the people who might be following along at home, what side of the identity spectrum do you fall on, dear? I, I certainly fall on woman. Yeah. Um, I don't ever really waver from that. It feels very static. It feels very integral to my experience of myself I would 
pretty much 100%. I think on identity, man yeah. to woman, woman being 10, I am, I am 10. Maybe, maybe 11. Maybe 11. I really, it just, it does, it feels, it feels very internal. It's, it's odd. It's sometimes odd to explain it. And so going to my identity, I think that Josie's shirty and like, like, shirty, I guess. Yeah, Josie's shirty in her identity is one of the first things that made me be like, yo, like, I remember very distinctly once when she was with family and not having a great gender time, mm-hmm. being like, okay, babe, but no matter where you are, no matter what people around you are saying or calling you or whatnot, you are still a woman. Like, you, where do you hold your womanhood? Mm-hmm. And it was this very well, lovely experience of her, not to speak for her, right? Wasn't it was it? lovely. I just, I, I found it, I discovered it sort of metaphorically Yes. in my diaphragm as this, like, sort of centering force in my life. Right. So I walked her through this via text, and then I was like, yo, what? I can't. I, I've identified as a woman my whole life, and I could not, like, I couldn't fathom finding it within me. So that was the first time that I was like, yo, maybe, maybe I'm not so, so binary in this. Then I took a class, and I learned some words, and I was like, oh, these words feel really good for me. I love it. So for my placement on the axes, my sex is exclusively female. I haven't done any sort of medical transition. Mm-hmm. And I was assigned female at birth, and I was not any form of intersex. So pretty straightforward there. It's the most straightforward one we're going to have. Get excited. <laughs> <laughs> and then expression, I, as most people that I know genuinely, um, who don't have like a really, really strong gender identity that Josie does, my expression kind of floats around, you know? Mm-hmm. I tend towards more feminine, though that largely has to do with just what's in my closet. I have the same clothes that I've had since, you know, high school. So I do float more towards feminine in general, though recently I've been floating more towards masculine because that's been really fun and um, gender affirming for me to have Mm -hmm. a masculine expression over a female body because that in and of itself gets at some gender fuckery. So for expression, I float around on on that axis back and forth, but towards the feminine side of it. But then you get to the identity expression one for me, the simplest one for Josie, and let me tell you, it gets, <laughs> it, gets, it gets messy. So in my eyes, the defining characteristic of the gender fluid identity that I hold is that my gender isn't static. So my identity isn't, it doesn't stay put, unfortunately. And so I do often identify as a woman. I do often identify as some form of a gender, um, which would put me entirely off the spectrum. And then my identity never really gets down to like the man side of the spectrum, but I definitely flirt in the middle where I'm like, I identify as non-binary, which I see as different than identifying as a gender because in my definition of non-binary, it can be an identity that you identify with. It is a gender that is not woman or man, whereas a gender is a lack of gender. So I would put the non-binary, I would put the non-binary identity somewhere in the middle of the identity spectrum. And that's definitely the boat I'm in sometimes. So my identity floats around and it's hella annoying frankly and i think and you mentioned it while we were talking a minute ago but you're it floats around along the line and sometimes floats off the line and just sort of 
disappears into the darkness. Yeah. And I think that I, I've, I know that you've been playing around a little bit, as you mentioned, with some like gender fuckery stuff to, to bounce back to expression. But I think that sometimes you sort of either float off of the expression wavelength or just start putting multiple X's down, depending on your mood. Mm. Yeah, I do. And I think that the expression one is harder to float off of because in my understanding of the expression axis, it is kind of how you're viewed. It is how you are seen, though maybe you could interpret it as being how you want to be seen. But it's very hard to be seen as not expressing a gender in this day and age. That's That's something I've heard in the non-binary communities that I am in continuously is like a frustration with people being like, oh, I'm going to pack with a sundress, which is something I love to do, so I'm calling myself out. I'm going to pack with a sundress. That makes me non-binary, when in fact that's just taking something that's masculine and taking something that's feminine and overlaying them. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, if anybody has any ideas on what a genuinely non-binary outfit would look like, hit me up, because I don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um and I think that that's just an issue with the language and the society, the societal language and like what people are prone to see right. on you. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's just, I mean, that's the basis of our current gender system is just people get to look at you and make a snap decision about a fundamental piece of your identity. And then. And sometimes it doesn't make any sense, y'all. I can't. Sometimes it really doesn't. <laughs> Especially with face masks being a thing now, I'm like, I really don't understand where you're getting this pronoun usage from. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, it's, I don't know, I mean, that's part of, and that is, it's part of the journey. It's part of understanding your own gender is finding what set of language Mm -hmm. makes you feel cozy inside and makes you feel like safe and understood. And that's a beautiful thing to (laughs) have that sort of like understanding of yourself and to let other, and find a way to make other people see that. But, and this is important, I think, um, as a binary woman, as a person who identifies as just like we said, my identity portion there is really easy. It's not that hard to signal to people that I look like a woman. And I still get misgendered occasionally, but like I put on a dress. I, I have, I have boobs. I, you've grown out your hair. I've grown out my hair. I keep my face clean shaved. Sometimes I put on makeup, like I said, just, a lot of things about, and I've been on hormones long enough that I have some of the more like rounded, softer edges that people describe as being estrogen related in yeah. some cases. And so like for that, for all of that, that I've done for my expression means that people do often perceive me as a woman. Whereas L, if they go out in a sundress with a packer, somebody might look at them and see a woman and then get upset or... Confused. confused when they see the bulge and be like, well, actually, is that a man then? And there's no point in that internal dialogue of like, no, per- that person may not be binary. Yeah. That person may not have a gender that you've experienced before. Like, you should not be assigning that to them. I, I think something that you're alluding to is mm-hmm. that if you, if your identity is in the binary, there will be things that you can absolutely do that will nudge onlookers, just like random people you're meeting in the streets to seeing your gender correctly. So that includes like makeup, growing your hair out, wearing dresses. I'm thinking of all the feminine ones because that's easier for us in our context. But like, even if you don't quote unquote, look like a biological woman, if you have makeup and such on, people will at least like have some inkling of what they should do. They may then be hateful and not do it. That's That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about onlookers who are genuinely trying to gender you correctly. 
it's very, there's nothing that can be done that would nudge people into calling you they, them pronouns. Yeah, but I think that that is, it's a very important thing to keep in mind that there are certain, you know, advantages to having a binary gender that your non-binary friends may not enjoy and to, you know, be mindful of that and be kind towards that and sort of take whatever steps you can to internalize that knowledge and try to make a change and try to change the culture around that. So kind of wrapping it back to the three spectrums, the axes that we were talking about, you know, just, it's a very, it's very important to be very, you know, kind and mindful and think about gender in a different sort of light. Think of it as not one scale. Think of it as not two options. Think of it as sort of a more, come at it from a more expansive angle. Come at it from this idea of, understanding it more fully and giving it a little bit more nuance than people want to in general society and what i'll add to that is finding your own language for it too Mm. because society doesn't have the language that we need to discuss the gender identities that exist it just doesn't yeah we're (laughs) making new words for it every day i mean and 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 then we're making them in our household and other people like gender spectrum like organizations are making them on a larger scale it's not that you have to create it all for yourself. You can go out and find it, but it requires educating yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but say it is just it's important to always be learning and expanding, and if you need to, inventing. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything else interesting about this scale, or any other observations on how you fall onto it, how I fall onto it, how that interacts? No. No. Well. I think- think we've covered it all right uh so that's probably going to be about it for us this week on gender journeys uh once again i'm josie and my partner is l and uh we will be back for another discussion about the journey we take towards understanding gender uh another time so thanks for listening and have a great day yay Music for Gender Journeys composed by Sonia Badash. If you want to stay up to date with Gender Journeys episodes or just want to say hi, you can follow us on Twitter at gender underscore journeys or on Tumblr at genderjourneys.tumblr.com. You can also find us online at josiewrites.com slash genderjourneys. We hope to hear from you soon.